Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today. We are in the middle of a study in the Old Testament wisdom book of Sirach. And we're looking at practical wisdom for daily Christian living. And today we're on the topic of speech as described in the book of Sirach and how we use our tongues and the ramifications of that. But before we jump into Sirach, I'd like to kind of go back just a little bit. And some of you who were with us when we went through our study in the book of Proverbs will remember this question I asked very close to the beginning of our study. I asked, what topic in Proverbs, after the general theme of wisdom, is mentioned more than any other topic? And the answer is speech and the use of our tongues. And what I find fascinating is that if you would ask people to make the top 10 list of things Christians should do, I'm afraid that speech and the way we use our tongue wouldn't appear on our top 10 list. And yet in wisdom literature, again, Proverbs and the book of Sirach were used extensively in the early church by the church fathers, by the saints of the church to disciple pagans coming into the Catholic church and help make them into faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. And speech is a part of that. So it's it's an important topic in Proverbs. Now, I found, uh, I think there were about 100 verses in Proverbs related to speech, and I got that from a scripture commentary. I couldn't find exactly how many there are in the book of Sirach, but I went through all 51 chapters, and I have three pages of notes for scripture verses on speech. I'm not going to give them all to you. In fact, I'm going to be very selective. In fact, I'm going to select one, one verse to start with from Sirach that I used in my book, The ABCs of Choosing a Good Husband. And that book probably is the only book in print on courtship that uses a verse from Sirach. And it's one that probably should be in a lot of books on courtship. Now, it's sometimes difficult for young women to learn what's really going on inside a man they're interested in pursuing a relationship with. And I realize this is vice versa, but I'll just start with the ABCs of choosing a good husband and from the woman's perspective. So how do you find out what's in a man? Or there's another book, by the way, the ABCs of choosing a good wife, and it's the x-ray chapter, uh, how to x-ray his heart, and it's through words. Sirach 6.33, if you love to listen, you will gain knowledge. And if you incline your ear, you will become wise. So this verse is saying the same thing twice. Basically, loving to listen or inclining your ear, it's attentive listening. And the idea is speech is a window 
into the heart of a person. And Jesus, our creator, told us that a tree is known by its fruit, Matthew 12, 33. This is right along with Sirach. And then Jesus, critical uh, at this point, says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? And then he says the key phrase, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, practically a law. Yes, there can be phony baloney speech for a short period of time. That's why you don't want a courtship that's overnight. But out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It will come out sooner or later. And then Jesus goes on to say, the good man out of the good treasure brings forth good, and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. And so you really want to pay attention to a person's speech, and you want to listen attentively. In fact, in case there's anybody out there who wants to become a skilled counselor, uh, not only studying psychology from a sane professor, but you also want to develop the skill of very attentive listening. Because in order to help someone in counseling, you need to know what's going on inside of a person and things that trouble people you can't detect with an MRI or an X-ray. So how, how do you find out what's going on? Well, you listen attentively. Again, Sirach 633, If you love to listen, you will gain knowledge. And if you incline your ear, you will become wise. And here's the other one. Is he really a godly man? Well, uh, he goes to church. Okay, well, there are people who go to church that are solid Christians, pious, prayerful, and there are others who aren't, <laughs> okay? You don't want to marry the one who's just making the appearance. And by the way, young women should know that some men uh, make a show of going to church, but in their hearts, there's nothing there. So how do you know if he's a godly man or not? Right along with Sirach 6.33 is Sirach chapter 4 and verse 24, For wisdom is known through speech and education through the words of the tongue. Again, there's two halves of the verse that are basically saying the same thing, two different ways to drive the point home. Wisdom is known through speech. And if you really want to know what's in the heart, you listen to the words. I read in a book on selecting a marriage partner. In fact, the book was called How Not to Marry a Jerk or something like that. And how will you be able to predict how he's going to treat you as a wife? Uh, Let's say, you know, you're married a few years and you make some kind of mistake or something goes wrong. Well, the book recommends, again, not jumping into marriage, but taking some time in courtship And basically, 
if you're at a restaurant, this isn't the first date. Again, this is down the road in a relationship. But if you're in a restaurant and a waitress messes up his order, listen carefully to how he uses his speech, because that would be a good predictor of how his speech will be directed to you, because we all make mistakes. We all do something wrong sooner or later. And how do we respond? What's really inside a person? Just listen. Um, Also, uh, let's say if you're in business, one of the most important things in business is hiring good employees. So you go through a hiring interview. How do you engage in a hiring interview? Besides a lot of the things that um, you know about (laughs) reading books on the topic, Siroc 633. If you love to listen, you will gain knowledge. Listen attentively. And what's inside a person's mind and heart will come out through their mouth. Ask questions, relax, let them talk, and you will have a good hiring interview. Now, this might be a little too practical, and you might think this is maybe a little devious. I don't think it is, but in any case, here's a very practical use uh, for business life and straight out of Sirach. It's in chapter 6 and verse 5, a pleasant voice multiplies friends and a gracious tongue multiplies courtesies. And then there's a similar verse later on in Sirach, chapter 40 and verse 21. The flute and the harp make pleasant melody, but a pleasant voice is better than both. And this is a true story. Um, in between uh, some time I had before I went active duty in the Navy, I worked in a marina as a salesman, and I was the very junior salesman. Uh, a lot of the other salesmen had contacts and uh, higher up the food chain on the sales crew and such. But our marina didn't have a, a phone receptionist, and so it was the job of the sales force to answer the phone for the marina, no matter what it was, if they wanted service, if they wanted to buy a new boat, or just wanted some information. And sometimes, because we had to answer a lot of calls that weren't pertaining to sales, uh, the salesman could be a little grumpy. And I noticed that, and I decided, well, um, I'm going to try to implement uh, a pleasant voice when I answered the phone. And I found that customers who I had talked to on the phone when they came to the marina wanted to talk to me versus some of the other senior salesmen. Why? Just a pleasant voice multiplies friends. Now, that was just at a marina and selling boats, but far more important is um, your marriage and your family life. You know, sometimes we are a lot, what, friendlier, more courteous with our voice when we're at work than when we are at home. And I'm not saying being be discourteous at work. I don't think that's a winning strategy. But we can't kind of just drop 
trying to be pleasant with our speech at home. It, it, our marriages are important. Our family life and our relation with our children is important. And even more than my working at a marina and learning how to make some good contacts, Sirach 6.5, a pleasant voice multiplies friends and a gracious tongue multiplies courtesies. You get positive response when you use your tongue in a positive way. And just ask yourself this, what would happen in our marriages and in our family life if we all made a conscious effort to use a pleasant voice and a gracious tongue? Let's say we're greeting first thing in the morning, we haven't even had our first cup of coffee, we can make that little extra effort to have that pleasant greeting uh, for the morning. Now, I'm gonna answer that question, what would happen in our marriages if we made a conscious effort and used a gracious tongue. There is a marriage researcher by the name of John Gottman in Seattle. Personally, I find his research almost to the point of being scary because he has basically achieved a 94% accuracy in predicting divorce or lifelong marriage. There's no one that I am aware of that has anywhere the ability to predict lifelong marriage or divorce than John Gutman. When I first ran across him, it was several years ago, he was at about an 87% accuracy. Now he's at 94. And there's no one in the, at least the English-speaking world in marriage research that comes close to him. So how does John Gutman get such accurate results predicting the future success or failure of a marriage. Well, what he does is that he's had now uh, thousands of couples come into his lab, and what he does is analyze communication and speech patterns, and some of those he has identified that are very destructive, in other words, negative speech that predict divorce. And he calls these four speech patterns that lead to divorce uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And that's just a term. And if you're interested in it, you can just uh, Google a YouTube video and put Gottman, G-O-T-T-M-A-N, and the four horsemen. And you'll get the, the four negative speech communication patterns, which are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And just to summarize, and Gottman has written, I don't know how many books now, but probably a few dozen books. But if I would uh, bring it all down to something I can communicate in less than five seconds, it's this. You need to have a five to one positive to negative in your communication, okay? Since I said that quickly, I'll say it one more time. You need to have a five to one positive to negative in your marital communication. In other words, one negative is so destructive that if you allow the negatives to grow to a proportion much greater than the positives or even equal to the positives, your marriage is headed for the rocks according to statistical 
analysis. So you actually need five positives. And that's, again, what did Sirach say? <laughs> this is a long time ago. This is long before John Gottman. A pleasant voice multiplies friends, and a gracious tongue multiplies courtesies. And then from chapter 40, verse 21, the flute and the harp make pleasant melody, but a pleasant voice is better than both. So what can you do to try to maintain that five to one uh, positive to negative in your marital communication? Well, obviously, you try to keep the negative out of your marriage. And I, I really like Sirach because uh, like Proverbs, it just tells it like it is. This is Sirach 28, starting in verse 24. See that you fence in your property with thorns and lock up your silver and gold. Now, <laughs> what is this having to say? Well, you know, a cheap fence, uh, if you don't have stone, if you don't have wood to make a fence or barbed wire or whatever, uh, people used to plant thorn bushes. It's one way to keep your property safe from intruders. And if you have gold and silver, particularly today when gold's what, near $2,000 an ounce, you don't just leave it lying around somewhere, you, you lock it up. So in the same way, you need to use care regarding your speech. See that you fence in your property and lock up your silver and gold and make a door and a bolt for your mouth. <laughs> I don't know. That just gets me. Make a bolt for your mouth. Just shut it, okay? And lest you err with your tongue. In other words, um, take a conscious step because this is important. You don't want to ignore speech like too many Christians tend to do. Speech is very important, and when you get into the, something important like your family life, your marriage, marriage life, speech is critically important, okay? So you keep it out of your marriage, keep it out of your home, and if an argument starts, which is when negative speech starts to really start rolling, you can extinguish it. Listen to Sirach 28.12. And by the way, if you need these verses um, on marital speech, uh, just send me an email at askthehost at gmail.com. And this is episode 343 of Faith and Family Radio. And if you can pick out that episode number, 343, it'll save us tons of time getting back to you. But here it is, how to extinguish an argument that just begins to uh, basically snowball. Sirach 28.12, if you blow on a spark, it will glow. If you spit on it, it will be put out and both come out of your mouth. So, okay, something negative is starting. Remember, negative is very toxic. You got to keep the ratio five to one for a lasting marriage, okay? So, and where a budding argument starts, it's something's going to come out of your mouth and you can blow on it. In other words, if a fire is starting, you can make it glow. Or, Again, telling it like it is, you can spit on it and put it out. Both come out of your mouth. Stop it. 
Your speech can make a small argument big or eliminate an argument altogether, and both are determined by how you use your mouth. Okay? But remember to concentrate on the positive. I've just told you two ways to keep the negative out, bolt your mouth, <laughs> and then extinguishing an argument when it begins at the very inception of it. But remember, you want to increase the positive because the positive basically feeds on itself and grows. And 6-5, a pleasant voice, multiplies friends and a gracious tongue, multiplies courtesies. The other thing to remember is to pray. And, you know, we're supposed to pray for our daily needs, our, our daily bread. Now, it says in the New Testament book of James, uh, chapter 3 and verse 8, no human being can tame the tongue. Now, you might have a trouble with your tongue. And this is men and women can't control their tongues. And that's why, according to Gottman, is a primary driver of divorce. So if human beings can't tame the tongue, yet you need your tongue tamed in order to have a successful marriage, what do you do? Well, how about praying and asking for God's help? In fact, here's a prayer straight from Sirach, chapter 22 and verse 27. Oh, that a guard were set over my mouth and a seal of prudence upon my lips that it may help me from falling so that my tongue may not destroy me, and I might add, may not destroy my marriage and my family. Oh, that a guard were set over my mouth. That is Sirach 22 and verse 27. Uh, this is one that um, I would urge you, uh, I have actually started, since we started this series, since we all want to gossip and repent something that we've heard and we just think we need just to get it out. If we know it, we have to say it. And then that not that's not true. It says in Sirach 19, starting in verse 7, never repeat a conversation and you will lose nothing at all. With friend or foe, do not report it. Okay. Have you heard a word? This is Sirach 19.10. Let it die with you. Be brave. It will not make you burst. I love this. Okay, you're not going to explode if you don't repeat something that's a juicy tidbit of information that's come into your mind about someone or something that really doesn't need to be repeated. It thinks like it just has to come out. To me, I just tried to remember Sirach 19 verse 10, be brave, it will not make you burst. There's a little bit of humor in here, but you know, all you have to do is if just think for a moment, maybe of Sirach 19, or say the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner, or say one hell Mary, or take a deep breath, or whatever it is, be brave. It will not make you burst. And then uh, Sirach 28 and verse 13. This gets serious. Curse the whisperer and deceiver for he has destroyed many who are at peace. Slander has shaken many and scattered them from nation to nation and destroyed strong cities and overturned the houses of great men. Many have fallen by the edge of the sword, 
but not so many as have fallen because of the tongue. That's Sirach 28, 13 through 18. I'll just mention briefly, but the Protestant congregation where I was ordained uh, went through a church split. And I know they say, you know, in many people's testimonies, before I met Jesus, I had all these horrible experiences in my life. My life was very unhappy. But this church split, which was fueled repeatedly by an ungodly use of the tongue, uh, was literally one of the worst experiences of my life. And that slander uh, had scattered, divided a congregation, literally it split it. And it's not just Protestant church splits, but uh, I've seen this happen in pro-life groups. It has happened in Catholic apostolates and other various uh, Christian organizations. Uh, if we just controlled the tongue, things would be so much better. And a final word from Jesus, just so you know, this isn't just an Old Testament thing back in the book of Sirach, but Jesus said very soberingly in Matthew 12, 36, I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will render account for every careless word they utter. And then he goes on to say in verse 37, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And I find it interesting, again, that how we use our speech, how we use our tongue in business, uh, in our families, amongst our fellow Christians, um, uh, it, it is so important. And yet, this doesn't seem to be a big concern for many, and yet Jesus is indicating that our eternal destiny, to at least a significant degree, will be determined on how we use our tongue. And that's why in both Proverbs and Sirach, over and over and over again in various ways, it concentrates on how we use our speech. And we have a trouble with our speech. That's why, again, we think of James 3 and verse 8, no human being can tame the tongue. We can ask for God's help to do what we can't do by ourselves. And that's obviously, or maybe not so obviously, the secret of the Christian life. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 343 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.